Hey, we're Mike and Paige. We're college sweethearts. We have four ridiculously awesome kids, and we live in the Nashville area. Me and Paige love a good story, and we love a good podcast. So we thought we'd come together and uh, kind of create our own. So thanks for joining us, and this is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Hey, so today, I kind of want to tell you guys a funny story. Well, thank you guys on Instagram for picking out uh, which story we were going to talk about today. We had two that were already kind of pre-made, and so we wanted you guys to choose. If you are not following us on Instagram, it's laugh so you don't cry, so come and join us and hang out. And you can find us on GoFundMe. (laughs) No, you cannot. (laughs) At Pay For My Mortgage at (laughs) GoFundMe.com. No, so today's story uh, is the time I got engaged. Not to me. Not to Paige, though. (laughs) Nope. Uh, This is the story how I got engaged. Uh, I was madly in love. How old were you, Mike? Hold on. (laughs) Then Paige came in and just destroyed it all. I came in like a wrecking ball. (sighs) Something like that. Guys, I can't sing, but I'm always going (laughs) to sing on the podcast. So just enjoy. Just sit back and enjoy. Get ready for it, guys. And it's true. She can't sing. She tries, though. (laughs) Um, I have a good time. Biggest perk. Biggest perk. That was another big perk. Um, Shut up. <laughs> so uh, when I was in high school, I was engaged to a female. Um, I Guys, was. did you hear that he just said engaged in high school? Listen. He was in high school, friends. There are friends. a lot of really mature people in high school. No, there aren't. Not and, a soul. And I was semi one of them. Not ready to get married. Listen. This is not 1950, Mike. You don't know. <laughs> you, I, I don't know <laughs> Class the love. Of I don't know the deep love that you and her shared. Um, so I was in high school. <laughs> I was a freshman, and a neighbor of mine was like, "Hey, we're all going to for, to homecoming. You should come with us." And I was like, uh, "Okay." Like I, I didn't. I never really went to dances, so I was like, "Okay, sure." She's like, "You can Is go." Is this there. the one where you had the fishnet? Um, no, no, no. That, that was like my junior or senior year. Stop it. He had blue hair and the JTT middle part. We have pictures. It was very greasy hair. Um, but then he has like these drawn on arm tattoos. I'm going to find it. I'll post a picture tomorrow. Um, and, <laughs> and he had these arm tattoos that he drew on and fishnet stockings that you had made into. Yep. Safety pin them to a white t-shirt. No, you did not. Yep. Heck yeah. That was well. He wore them to a dance too. Yeah, I did. I like looked, these I girls are wearing nice dresses, and he's wearing fishnets. Yeah, and on you know his who's arms. the most popular guy on the stage? Me. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> I go to this dance. I get all dolled up, um, and I meet this girl named Tiffany. I get all dolled up. <laughs> Guys, gonna tell you that when Mike and I were planning our wedding, he asked who was gonna walk him down the aisle. <laughs> Listen, that may have been my second engagement, but that was my first wedding, okay? He was very, very sincere. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Somebody gives you away. Am I just out here by myself abandoned? (laughs) Who gives gives the man away? It doesn't make sense. I can't. Anyway, so I meet this really cute girl. She has short hair. Her name is Tiffany. She's a cheerleader. Um, She's a cheerleader. Mind you, she's a cheerleader. So you like peppy people? uh, I was... was 15. I didn't care what kind of person it was. Um, so, uh, but that was, I remember we're driving in the back of the car. It was a Mercury Cougar. And I remember I leaned over and I was like, can I kiss you? <gasps> no, you did. Oh yeah, man. And we did. did. Say yes. Oh, she said yes. All right. <laughs> um, 
And that started the second greatest love story of all time. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, um, Jake Peralta so is how? the first one with Amy <laughs> So Peralta. how long did you guys date? Uh, we dated for two years. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize well, no, it was well, so Oh, I'm long. sorry. I'm sorry. We dated for a year and three months. Oh, and, we and then what happened? We were engaged for six months. So a year and nine months total. Tell actually. me how you planned the proposal. Listen, well, I was madly in love. Sure you were. Um, she was also a Wiccan, super into witchcraft. And not these like, not this like new stuff that you see right now where like, I always wear like fall colors even in the spring and like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Start start paying more attention. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh! Why You're right. Doing? I'm gonna start okay. looking up Wiccans. Listen, fall the, colors in the spring. Listen, and <laughs> dark different different shades of gray. Uh, no, she was straight up like into some witchcraft. Uh, I've, I watched it. It was crazy. Didn't she talk about like levitating bodies and stuff like oh, that? Oh man, yeah. I watched her eyes change this colors. This girl was crazy, Mike. She was, and I was crazy. Sorry if you're listening, but about her. that's a little crazy. No, trust me. I'm I'm so far removed from that person. I don't think <laughs> I. Don't, I <laughs> If this gets backed around, we'll be highly amazed. Uh. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I wanted to marry her. It made sense. We, we had everything. We had interests. We had music. Of did. What did you possibly talk about? Exactly. <laughs> we, I remember we would put headphones in and listen to the same songs at the same mm. time. It's true love. Yeah, it's true love. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Uh, so I remember I was at a, I was at the Kmart in uh, in Woodhaven, Michigan. Uh, it's you not did not anymore. buy her ring at Kmart, Michael. I was sixteen. Michael age. Anthony Guzman. I was sixteen. You did not buy her ring. And I remember at Kmart. telling my sister, "Hey, I've got some money saved, but I, I'm gonna and I'll get more. But I want to, you know, propose to Tiffany." And she was like, "You're an idiot, but if you want to do it, okay." So my sister let me borrow Listen, the money. I half like super respect Misty for that because she's telling you how it is, but also yeah. like, what are you gonna do for a sixteen-year-old yeah. that wants to propose? Yeah. Yeah. And also lock him in a basement. Listen, uh, so it was seventy-five dollar ring, which is awesome. That's a great deal. Oh man! And Thank you for spending more than seventy-five dollars mm-hmm. on my ring. And yeah. I, we were. She was downstairs in her basement, and I was leaving her house. And I told her, her mom and her dad, and I was like, "Hey, no, I, I did wanna... not know until this exact moment that you told her mom and dad. Yeah. What did they say? Uh, they both said, "If you hurt her, we'll kill you." And I said, "I respectfully understand that, and not a concern." And so I went back downstairs, and she no, was... stop, stop everything mm-hmm. right now, stop this story. You asked her mom and dad. And how old were you? I was a gentleman. Doesn't matter how old I and was. And then, <laughs> how old were you? I was sixteen. Sixteen-year-old boy comes had, to Zayo Adelaide and, and, and says, "Crystal clear skin because I, I didn't have acne. I never had acne." Um, and no, a sixteen-year-old comes to Zayo comes to you and says, "I am madly in love with Zayo Adelaide, and I want to propose." What are you going to say? Get in the car. We're going to Kentucky. No, absolutely not. Her parents said yes. Yeah. This is amazing to me. Go needless on. To say, Tell me more. Needless to say, they, it, her family was not a solid one. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I got down on one knee, and I proposed, and she said yes. And we You lived got happily. down on one knee in the basement. Mm-hmm. And we lived happily ever after. No, you did not. Because <laughs> I came in like a wrecking ball. She, uh, she had a lot 
she had a lot going on in her life. She was a very intelligent person. She had a full ride to go to U of M. She was just really smart, um, but she had just had a lot of stuff going on. And so how did it really break off? How did it really break off? She just broke up with me. No. Uh, did she, she kinda, give you back the ring? She kind of had like, um, what do you call those? Like a mental breakdown kind of thing. Oh, a mental S- saying breakdown. It, saying it politely, you know, yeah. just, just out of respect for her. Um, but yeah, so she was like, I, I, I can't. I can't have this pressure of being engaged. Sure. Here's and real, real fast though. Uh, here's the crazy part. Like teachers were coming up to us and telling us congratulations. Educators, high school, high school teachers were like, "You guys are going to be so happy. It's really wonderful." Blah 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 blah. No. Hey. And ne- wait, what grade were you in? I was a sophomore. And she was a senior. Sure. Listen. So absolutely made. Made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't want her to go off to college and forget about you. No, I did. You were trying to tie that mess down. No, I was actually, at that time, I was looking at trying to graduate a year early so I can move out to U of N with her. Stop it. It would never have happened. It was like a pipe dream, but... Michael, all yeah. this is brand new information. Listen, I, I almost had a whole different life. Well, aren't you so glad? I am very glad because <laughs> that was just a whole big ball of mess. Right. So I never really came in like a wrecking ball. Mike and I didn't meet until maybe five years. At, no. I was 26. I, I didn't meet you until a decade after this. Yeah, I was 26. So that's 10 years after. Wow. Good things are worth the wait, you guys. And uh, worth a lot more money, too, because that the ring that you're wearing now is a lot more than that one that I bought for her. We will do an episode or a short story about this at some point, but I upgraded my ring this year. I think everyone listening who heard episode one and two agree with me that I probably should have an upgraded ring. Life happened. And I agree. That's why you get to still stay upstairs and not not in the shed. That's why I get to stay upstairs and not in the shed. You heard what I said. No. Okay, so that's a fun story. Hey, fellas, are you like me and you're kind of tired of all the stuff your wife brings home from those like other females, you know, selling the oils and the, the, the nails and the hair and the, the lotions and the, the, the clothes? I mean, like, guys, there's so much. And when I say tired, I, I don't mean tired of them bringing it home. I mean, like, tired that we're not getting a little piece of that action. Well... I've got a great idea for you. This is called Dad Bombs. Guys, so imagine from the from the luxury of your own workbench, you can create bath bombs in the shape of your body. That's right. A dad bod. Right now it's trending. Hashtag dad bod. There is literally almost nothing more sexy than a dad bod. We're talking right now, there's a push for calendars, for books. I mean, literally, guys, it's out there. So why not catch this wave and ride it in for all the money that it's worth? Also, I'm looking for people with 3D printers. Because what I'd like to do is also print out 3D printouts of your body, your dad bod, to shove inside the the, the bath bombs. So when your wife decides to take that nice, hot, romantic bath... She drops that dad bomb inside there. What do you know afterward? Your sexy little bod's in there too. <laughs> so listen, guys. If you want to become part of my shki- uh, my group. Your 
pyramid scheme. My pyramid scheme. Uh, hit me up at. Uh, well, I can't actually say the website because I have to pay for it. So, just uh, send me send me a message. My and... dad, dad <laughs> No, you can't say that. Listen, ninety nine ninety nine just to get in. Okay, and now for our real engagement. <laughs> Mike and I, when we were engaged, uh, we were, well, well, let's say it here. When Mike and I started dating, we were both interning at our churches. Mike went to one church, I went to a different church. Um, and so I actually moved back to Washington to do an internship. So... Um, we were at different churches, um, and then we got engaged, and he was, were you promised a position on staff, or we just knew that that was going to happen? I think that we knew it was just going to happen. Yeah. So we decided to start going to the same church right after we got engaged, um, and our engagement wasn't super long. It was eight months. I mean, it was eight months too long. That feels like long. really long. That, yeah. Now, now <laughs> we in were in school, and we planned it for the week after school ended. We're like, waste no time. Waste no time. But um, we had premarital counseling. We're going to talk about premarital and postmarital counseling. Well, not postmarital, just marital counseling. Marital Because postmarital is like... Marriage counseling. After we're done. Marital counseling? Do people call it that? Marriage counseling. Yeah, marriage counseling. Here's a fun fact about me. I am really bad at idioms. I will always say them wrong. So maybe we should just make it a podcast joke of catch page saying the wrong idiom. It'll just be fun. Um, anyways, so we're going to talk about premarital counseling. Mike, tell me about what you thought about our premarital counseling. Let me preface that um, premarital counseling is incredibly important. And it needs to be taken very seriously. And I think one thing now looking back... Um, before I get into the other stuff is like, um, I think that premarital count, like for me, we, we were, when we were going to do it, it was like a, um, got to get the marriage license, got to get the officiant, got to get the Oh, tux. you just thought it was like a check off the to-do well, list? And that's kind of how people treated it. You know, like it's, you, you got to go through for it. You've you got to go. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a task to be done. It's important, but it's like Christians don't get married unless you go through premarital counseling. And like, but the reality, like, the reality of it is the heaviness is taken off of it that like, y'all, this is, this is your chance. I think some churches do it really, really, really well. And I think other churches treat it like a checklist. Okay. Well then that's where I'm from then. So, but like, yeah, I, I, it, it's time to get like down and dirty before y'all get married. Yeah. I had a roommate that they had like this whole packet. I think it was like 75 questions that they had to answer before they even stepped foot into their first premarital counseling. Or maybe it was like a booklet of questions that they worked through. And then they went through those questions with their pastor. Hmm. So, I mean, there are some churches that take it super seriously. I know there's one in where we live now where you essentially go to like a seminar in a room full of people and just listen to like videos and pastor talk. So like that's, I mean, there's a wide spectrum of what churches do. Yeah. yeah. For us, I think it would have been more beneficial had we had a deeper connection in our um, premarital counseling. It definitely did feel like a checkbox. Yeah. And I, and, and I would even say that I think everybody needs to take it 10 times more serious than it is, like than what it is. But anyway, um, our premarital counseling was okay. It was uh, like two months before our wedding. It, it, it checked the box. Um, 
there were a lot of times like because when you're like when you're with your counselor, your counselor will kind of lead you into the depth. You don't like jump in and be like, all right, now swim in with me. Like sometimes you need to be led there. And so like with the questions and the conversations, it was like, when are we ever going to get into like the deep stuff? And then when I would it ask, just like never happened. Yeah. And we would kind of bring up kind of things that we were struggling with. We didn't do dating perfectly. Um, and we brought up things that we were really, really struggling with and they would just bypass them. Mm-hmm. Like as if they didn't matter or like being married would just erase those issues. And some issues like, sure, but there's a spiritual component to them as well. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have preferred if we could have gotten into the crux of that. But I remember from our premarital counseling, there was a time limit and he, <clears throat> he made that clear. It was him and his wife. Um, we went to their home. We had like an hour and 15 minutes and the timer went off and he was like, okay, We're well, done. that's it. And then they like, w- like literally we, he Usher, stood up, ushered us out the door. He asked us to stand up and we ushered to the door. Which, which I would then say part of that, <clears throat> feeling the hurt of that <clears throat> years later, um, now instead of it being hurt is more of a, um, I wish we would have found someone who was special to us to do it or somebody who had insight into our lives or that was more trustworthy. Like, you know, like, uh, we had two couples, two families that were really influential in our lives in mm-hmm. Spokane. We had the skippers, um, who are just, they're the godparents to our children. They uh, are our inspiration for how we want to raise our children. Um, they and if I can are, look as good as Greg does at his age, I'm saying, and I'll be Jen any day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, we really love Jen and Greg and love how they raise their family. Like that would have been someone who, even though it wasn't in a traditional pastoral sense, even though she's the children's pastor, it still would have been great because they have years of marriage and insight or the Connellys, um, another family from my church that I was interning at an incredible, incredible family who we deeply love. They are my favorite. And um, they had, they actually are the reason why we are married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They helped us. um, I had said, I think in one of the podcast episodes, that Mike is the only guy I've ever dated. So I was really fearful. I didn't know what it looked like to walk through dating, and I was really scared that I would mess it up. Um, I'm really hard on myself and I have these like really high expectations for myself. So I was, I was fearful that I was going to mess up dating. I don't know how you mess up dating, but (laughs) I was really afraid of that. And so they kind of did like our dating counseling essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, they would have been an incredible couple. And I I think that goes to show like, um, some churches they're like, you have to go through premarital counseling with one of our staff or, you know, like with one of these people that we're like approving, which is okay, cool, whatever. But like. That's, that's not to say that, you can't go somewhere else and also have another counseling. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and I think just like finding the depth to it, like our, our, our people did not take it seriously. I mean, they took it serious enough that they were going to give their time to us, which, you know, we are grateful for that. And they were in a season of lots of children. They were, their kids were not much older than our kids, so we can extend grace in that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, um, it was a sacrifice on their behalf to add, um, 
add us into the mix and welcome us into their home. Yeah. In addition, our whole church got married that summer. That's true. I mean, Mike is, at that time, he was one of four boys, three of which got married that summer, all at the same church. Then I think I uh, very quickly, there's three other couples mm-hmm. that got it married. It was a very busy summer. Yes. But, you know, so I, but I also think that, uh, kind of going back, is that just because, like, I mean, <laughs> it, it takes a certain kind of person to counsel, and not a, and it's not something that anybody can do. So I think just like, oh, well, this is a pastor on staff. He, he does the pre, they do the premarital counseling. It's like no, like that needs to be a gifting because it's sure. very. Sure. So very you're important. saying like church staff needs to be very mindful as to who does that counseling. Yeah, like just because you're a quote unquote pastor doesn't mean you should do premarital counseling. Sure, and a lot of pastors, you know, some of them don't have education. Like my youth pastor growing up, his. Um, education was in um, computer sciences. So for him to do premarital counseling, I mean, sure, he could grow in that area, but maybe a better choice would be someone who has maybe some counseling classes. Uh, One of the things that I really liked about premarital counseling that I've uh, talked about, or I just have remembered, um, he said, sometimes you just want to go out and buy things. And um, for both of you to have a, a number that you don't, that you do not talk to the other person, you do talk to the person if you're going to spend over that amount. I'm sorry. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so ours, I think when we first got married, we were so poor, it was like $5. Like if you're going to spend yeah. over $5, you have to talk to the other person. And he said, sometimes you just want to buy something. Like there's that their desire to buy something. So in that case... Um, go to Goodwill, walk around, buy a 50 cent mug, like kill that kind of urge without breaking the bank. There, that is the literal only piece of advice I remember from premarital <laughs> counseling. Um, so moving on to a big, even bigger subject, I think is marriage counseling. Um, me and Paige have been in, we were in marriage counseling for two years, three years, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once, uh, before Zoll. Once in Spokane for a little bit, and then when we moved out here to, to Tennessee, after mm-hmm. like four years living out here, we finally got in marriage counseling, and mm-hmm. it that was for like two years straight, me and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I jacked our, our counselor, and I stole him for my own. Well, I went back to work. Um, I decided that for my mental health, it was better for me to be a working mom. So shout out to working moms. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and so when I went back to work, I could, we couldn't do, we were doing premarital or marital marriage counseling um, in the middle of the day on a Wednesday because Mike mm-hmm. had Wednesdays off. So I said, I, you know, now that I'm going back to work, I can't do counseling anymore. Um, so Mike took over because he had some things that he just wanted to talk to the counselor about and work on himself. Yeah. And... I think, man, marriage, I would say going into marriage counseling, that was one of the most, that was one of the hardest, but also most life-giving things we could ever do. I remember then like they, they did our, our, so our counselor, my counselor now, he is a family and children's counselor. That's a specialty in like trauma and stuff like that with kids and, and families and whatnot. And so, but he would do these intensive workshops they were three days long. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We somehow were disillusioned and thought it was a retreat. 
And yes. day one, we got there, and it was the most intense. Like, I think over the weekend, we had six to eight counseling sessions with a mm-hmm. counselor. And then on top of that, we had like these um, seminars and breakout sessions. So it was intense. It was I mean, intense. like Saturday was easily like nine hours long. I was Sun- just feeling And guys. Sunday, I think, was like six <laughs> hours long. I mean, and it was just, oh man, it was exhausting. That being said, it has taught us a whole lot that we have still used in our marriage. So um, one thing I want to talk about is how do you find a counselor that you um, want to work with? Time to shop. Yeah. It's kind of like dating. Uh, a lot of people refer to it like dating. Don't be afraid to go to multiple different people. Um, it's it's frustrating that you spend money and you kind of tell your story over and over again. How we found our counselor is he was on staff at our church, um, and we talked to our receptionist uh, at the time. Her name's Sarah. She's a really great friend of ours, Sarah Dye. And she told me, um, she was like, these are the counselors that we have, that we offer. She was like, so-and-so is incredible. She's wonderful. I love her. But every time I have a conversation with this guy, I walk away with wisdom. Mm. And so she's like, even if it's like a passing conversation in the hallway, he always has nuggets of wisdom. So I would (laughs) go with him. And we called him up and uh, it was just like, it just clicked. Like we went to him the first session. I cried and I'm not much of a crier. Um, And I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> my now you are though after, after counseling it's like open the floodworks yeah. in, a lot, in a lot of ways yep 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 and then mike and him kind of bonded as well and so we we chose aaron he's a he's a feeler and so am i um and i didn't know that about myself until he helped me identify that and so he is very good at when i'm explaining something he can actually physically physically feel what i'm what emotion i'm explaining or, or dealing with so that way he can really un- have a better understanding and then sympathize. And he's not just coming and from help a place you of, like unpack it and yeah, redirect. He's it. not just coming from a wisdom or like, you know, mind, like knowledge. It's like, I'm, I'm feeling that, which is really awesome. Um, <clears throat> all that to say, I think one of the, one of the biggest parts is like, I mean, we were married for what, six, six years at that point, mm-hmm. six years. So, I mean, for six years, we had a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> and we had like bad habits had formed and mm-hmm. we didn't, and we were like kind of set in our bad habits. Whereas we have talked about it. Um, and we think that like even doing a counseling check-in at one year would have been so beneficial for yeah. us just because you're the, the honeymoon glaze the phase is over you you know you're not as doe-eyed anymore Mm -hmm. you have established what it's like to be roommates and now you can talk about the crap of life and like the fact that you're so angry that your wife keeps taking her towel and just setting it on the floor every single day and every single day you come up behind her and you pick it back up guys i have a confession to make you know how there's like those stereotypes of men like they're messy. They don't know how to set the um, put the dishes in correctly in the dishwasher. They, you know, leave their clothes outside of the hamper and they don't put it inside the hamper. You know, they desire sex more than the other person. Like those are all the stereotypes that I fit. 
Like, I also, I love talking shop. I could talk shop all day long. I love to work. Like, I struggle not to find my worth in, like, how great of an employee I am. So, like, they're those stereotypes, like, I fit in. So, as you listen. And, and, me, and me, I like to sit at home, take care of the babies. And Mike is incredible at cleaning. We call it his bippity boppity boop. Like he can take, I don't even understand how he does it. In 30 minutes, the whole house can be sparkling clean. And I'm like, I have been working at this for so long. I can do the same thing and it takes me at least an hour and a half, two hours. I, know you I guys, don't know how I know he you does guys it. can't see it, but I'm brushing the, the dirt off my shoulder right now. Shush like JC. Um, no, but what I was saying was like. Also, he's a better cook. For, for six years. We, we, like you said, we had bad habits. Like we, we argued off, like just awful. Like, so I always thought that we were like Noah and Allie from the notebook. Which is not healthy. Sure. I just thought that we were like super passionate, <laughs> you know, like, and we are, we're very passionate people. We have our opinions and we're, I, that's what I loved about Mike when we started dating is that he was not someone I could push around. Like he's always going to stand his ground and tell me what he thinks. Um, and so I just thought like, you know, 98% of the time we're super in love and that 2% where we get frustrated with each other, we're mad. We're mad. And we didn't do mad well. Nope. And I do still think that we are like Noah and Allie. I just think that we've d- discovered how to do mad better. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And we learned that through counseling. And I mean, that was, counseling. Of, that was just one of the hundreds of different issues. I mean, there was money, there was sexual integrity, there was addiction, there was lies. I mean, there was just bad mouthing each other and there was ill gotten feelings. I mean, like there's so many things that we, that we just were living with because that's what you do. Like you're married to this person, not every, you can't change everything. And so like, and you want things to be peaceful. So you just continue to move on and, and do the best you can do. And it's like, if, if I, I I wish I can go back and be like, Hey, it's two years into y'all marriage. You need to work on this now. Like, imagine how much time you would have saved. There have been a whole lot less explosive arguments. Oh, for sure. And like, and I think that's one of the things too, is like premarital counseling is incredibly important, but I also think marital counseling, marital, (laughs) marriage counseling counseling. is very important. And I would encourage everybody who's married to, to just go. I mean, like really like. And don't be afraid of what it brings up because here's the thing. Sitting in in normal, sitting in complacency. Mm-hmm. I don't I wanted to say a different word. Um, but sitting in complacency, like you can think that you're just fine, but going to counseling, even for those who are most in love, it just helps to like brush things off. Make sure everything is doing okay. Like yeah. your house, after a week of not tidying up, it gets pretty dirty, and you don't—you may not even recognize it. But that's why you go in and you put things away. Same thing with your marriage. You know, you just need a, a tidy up every now and again. And the reality is, is that like we're broken people. All we, of us we, are. We all get, we all have some issue, whether it's big or large. And now you're with somebody. 24 seven, you're raising kids with them. They're seeing the best of you and the worst of you and vice versa. I mean, like just go and talk to somebody. And I was like, I was thinking about the financial aspect of it. Cause like we have wasted a lot of money. I have, especially because like not being honest with Aaron through my addiction, but also we have spent a lot of money. Like when we were in marriage counseling, like that was just some of the best investment ever. And mm-hmm. pages, pages said to me, 
so much like there have been times where we've been so broke like when covid hit we, we lost our jobs and then like this last december we were both unemployed it was really 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 rough and Paige is like i was like you know counseling this week and she's like we will figure it out yeah there's no it's uh it's a top of my priority less tithing and then counseling like there is nothing um better than being emotionally healthy and i will spend our money that way. And that large caramel frappuccino that costs mm. nine eighty seven, you do that ten times a month, you get a free counseling session right there. <laughs> you know, use those stars for that. Can you redeem Cole's cash for counseling hours? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have the things that we value. And I guess what Mike's trying to say is like your mental health should be a, a valuable line item. And also another thing to kind of unpack with counseling is like and we touched on this, but like arguing, you only know what your family of origin did. Mm. Oh. You only know how to argue like they did. And that was a huge thing for us. Like, like I said, I have never dated anyone. So I saw the way that my parents argued and I, the other only like close male in my life was my brother. So the only thing that I knew was how my family argued and how I argued with David Neither of them were like super healthy. <laughs> and so we had to learn different tactics to go about it. Mm-hmm. And me growing up, I didn't have a dad. My mom died when I was young. So I mean, like, I never got to see healthy marriage conflict or resolution or anything like that. Um, you know, and then when I got a little bit older, you know, my sister and brother-in-law were there, but I was such a jerk and a young punk where I wasn't paying, I wasn't looking to pay attention. Like during my mm. formative years, there was nothing there. That's a good word. Like I wasn't looking to pay attention. Oh no. At that time I wasn't. And so I missed a lot, I'm sure then, but like, so when I got married, it was like, okay, what did my dad do? Do the exact opposite of that. Okay. He was not there. So I'm going to be there. And I remember telling Paige so many times, part of my argument was like, I am here always. Like oh, I am. I'm just now finding out in real time what you were meaning. By what that. I was meaning by that? I was like, "What do you mean you're here? Of course you're here." Because my parents, like, they're still happily married. <laughs> they, <laughs> they love each other tremendously. I have no doubt that they're each other's lovers and like best friends. And so, like, so I was I'm like, her, like, "Okay, I'm, congratulations. I'm, you want I'm a trophy?" Here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here as a dad. I'm here as your husband. Like, I'm, I go to work every day and I come home. Like, I'm not out drinking. I'm not out spending money. I'm not like, I'm dedicated to giving my life to you. So your physical presence was like what you thought Th- was a big gift. Like yeah. was a, yeah, I can see that. Because I never had that. So it was like, if I never had it, like that's the big gift then is that. And now, I mean, it's, I've learned so much more. I mean, obviously, yes, being present is incredibly important. Like I've had job opportunities come up where it's like, it would take me away from the house or travel or make me work long hours. And and it was a lot of money, but it's just not worth it. And I mean, I don't want to be convicting to anybody, but I, but like your kids need you, need you. And no matter how fun your career is, don't be selfish. <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but I mean, like, that's kind of what it is. But yeah, but now that I'm older, now that I'm like, and after it's been a while, I realize how much more like what you're talking about, like, you don't know what you're... Um, Besides your roots of origin, like what what kind of conflict that looks like, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I realized that, you know, like I, because I didn't know how to conflict, I would just run away from conflict. <laughs> it's like, oh, conflict, don't know how to handle it, turn around well, and run away. Well, you shut down. Yeah. Like I, I have to be the one. Um, so 
in counseling, they talk to us about the pursuer and the withdrawer. And Mike withdraws and I pursue. And one of the things that we learned is like the pursuer eventually gets tired of pursuing. Mm -hmm. The pursuer can't still pursue at all times. And so then you just see them shut down. Um, And now I'm seeing like if Mike shut down, I have to remind him like, hey, we're supposed to be in connection. Hey, I'm pursuing you right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, don't shut down. You don't love it in the moment. No, but that's one of the things that we've learned from counseling is like instead of feeding like, okay, well, you were just a jerk and and now I'm hurt. So I'm going to I'm going to bite back. But instead, it's like, hey, we're supposed to be in connection right now, which just when we just burned me. I'm like, I don't want to be in connection right now because I'm mad, you know, but the reality is it does. It's like, so a picture in my mind that I just had was like. In our old way of conflict, you felt like I was like running towards you and you like cower in a corner, like you would just back up, back up, back up, back up until you got into a corner. And then when you finally were like as far as you could be backed into that corner, that's when you started like lashing out and you'd say just like super hurtful things, like you'd go for the jugular, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is that what you would... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's exactly what it, it looked like. And that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, Mike would say like these intensely hurtful things. And I'm very thankful, you know, when those offhanded conversations that you have, my mom had said one time that like when people purpose to hurt you, just look them in the face and say, I know you're trying to hurt me by that and I'm not going to be hurt by that. Hmm. And I'm so glad, like, I don't know, she's never said it since. Like, <laughs> it's not like a, like words and high lives by, but like... I'm so glad that my mom said that because that would I would just be like, I know you don't mean it. <laughs> like, you can say that all day long. That's not true. And now I'm not saying I was perfect either because there are times he would say that and then I would lash back out. But when I had my wits about me, I could say, no, you don't mean that. Stop it. And I didn't mean I was just hurt and I was angry and I was and I was in defensive mode. Sure. You know, because it wasn't a conversation at that point. It was a... (laughs) It was... At that point, both of us were yelling. Yes, very much so. So Mike has said several times, like, if you don't come to counseling to talk about the issues, then you start to get calloused. Um, Mike, can you, like, unfold that for me? What do you mean by that? I spend a lot of time being callous towards you. Meaning? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. (laughs) Um, you know, like, like Aaron always says, like, it's, it's not the towel on the floor that you're angry about. It's the feeling behind it. It's, it's what that feeling is, is telling you what that, what that, the story behind that feeling. So like, maybe you feel like you're unheard. Maybe you feel like you're not, I'm being being disrespected because like the towel is there again. I'm being disrespected. They don't love me enough to respect me. You can walk it back in any other way that you want to, you know, but that's just one example, you know, like, um, you know, I work all day, come home and dinners, nothing for dinners made. It's like, I'm, she doesn't love me enough to take care of me. I don't, I'm not taken care of. I'm not loved. Like you can walk those things back in any direction, but, but those, those, those individual issues have multiple. It's not about the dinner. It's not about the towel. Exactly. They have feelings and those feelings have stories 
and you need to really work and work out those stories and hear what they're saying to you. Um, so that way you can address them. And if you don't, you get calloused because I, I remember so many times before we started going to counseling, uh, I'm trying to think. Like so, kind so of checked out. So like I paid, like Paige was not raised to be a homemaker. No. And so my mom always used to say she would much rather pay someone to be domestic and work extra than have to be domestic herself. And like, listen, and that's not like a slight to her. She no, would say it all the time. I, I, like I, she would I, say it to your face. I would today. do that. I would do that right now. You uh, please let me make enough money to have somebody come up here and fold my clothes for me. Um, <laughs> but like, so I I would clean every single day. I'd work. I would work full time, and I come home and I clean, and I clean, and it was daily, and it was like. Because I can do it so fast, you know, and because I see things that Paige doesn't see because she wasn't, she, she wasn't raised to see things that way. Like, so I started being like, this is unbalanced. Mm. Like, if she just... And it was unbalanced. Like, I'm not even about to pretend like it wasn't. I had to step my game up on that. Like, I had to realize that that stuff needs to be done. Um, and that is a way that I can love on my husband in it's a hard way for me to love on my husband because it doesn't come naturally to me. It's not something that I, like I'm a go-getter at work and I get stuff done and I love checking off a list. But when it (laughs) comes to home stuff, like it just, it doesn't compute. We probably made a half dozen chores lists. Yeah, they never work for me. um, But before we started making any kind of headway towards it, I was like, clearly, like in my mind, I was like, clearly this, this girl can see things need to get done. And so, like, I would, then I would stop. I would stop for a week. I would literally pile up. Oh my gosh, were you stopping for a week on purpose just to watch and see? That's mean. I was wondering to see if you'd ever notice. That's mean. And then she'd be like, hey, things are kind of getting out of hand. And so, so because I never addressed it with her, because I never addressed it with her. Yeah, he didn't like verbalize it. He just sat back and watched. I just got pissed. And I was like, and, and that's one of, that's just one of the many things because when you don't address the big issues, you get calloused. And a lot of times we don't know how to address the big issues because it's like, I'm so sick and tired of you leaving your dishes on the counter and leaving your towels on the floor and leaving crumbs in the bed. It's like, great. Okay, first of all, I've never put crumbs in the bed. Those are things, but what are you, you know, nobody nobody really knows how to walk walk through that feeling of what, what are those things making you feel? And so I think that's why it's important to do counseling because so in those moments, what was that making you feel like underappreciated? Oh my gosh. I mean, that was just valued. one example, probably undervalued Yeah. and like, um, taken mm. advantage of not unappreciated, not taken care of you. You want to feel taken care yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I and know that now. Thanks yeah. counseling. <laughs> Thanks counseling. <laughs> Things um, that we've learned. It's really funny. One of the things that we learned in counseling was that sometimes you need, uh, it's, it's almost like a safe word. <laughs> But it's not a safe word. Um, no, it's things- what you yell out when you are like starting an argument or you can realize that y'all are pulling away from each other and not being connected. There's a reality there in, in arguing. When you and your spouse are arguing and you're both hot, like hot and just like you're just going at it arguing wise and and like you're lying to yourself. You're not like at one point in your mind, you're like, I could quickly resolve this or I could, or I could calm down and resolve this a lot faster. Sometimes it feels good to fight. That's sin. It does. Guys. It That's does. Sin. It really it is sin. Yeah. 
But our counselor, we this thing, and it was you got to come up with like a, a code word or something. And he that was you like, say. you know, like orange, magenta, stripes. Yeah, cherry that you say. You're like, like something. I'm, no, I'm so sick and tired of it. Well, you know, blah blah blah, and it's like, hey, stripes, and it's like, and that's the code word for both of you to know, like, it's a truce. We know that we're in disconnection. <laughs> we need to stop. Well, have you guys ever seen like fried green tomatoes? It's a super sad movie. <laughs> Yes. And except the part on the railroad tracks. Oh, stop. (laughs) Sorry, that's funny. No, that's awful. Um, So, one of the things that we came up with is you know, when um, that lady is ramming her car into the younger person's car who cut her off and uh, quickly pulled into the parking spot, um, she goes, Tawanda. And she just rams, I mean, just like puts it in reverse then drives it right into it and perts it in reverse and drives it right into it. And so we decided our word is Tawanda. And Tawanda has been awesome. <laughs> well, it's just nice to have a word that we're like, hey, we're cutting it. We're going to address this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, was, that, that was really beneficial. Well, you guys, we hope that you listened. And that is Tawanda. <laughs> and that is Tawanda. <laughs> Um, I know that was a short, kind of a short one-ish. I don't know. Um, thanks for listening to my story about being engaged uh, to the first time to the first woman of my dreams. Um, she was not she the was woman, not the woman, of, woman of, of your dream. She was the first woman of my dream. Yeah, you're <laughs> more like a nightmare. Yeah, listen, kind of. Um, but we love you guys. We love that you guys like to listen. And thanks for listening to this one about counseling. If you have any questions about counseling, reach out to us. We'd love, to, I mean, literally we've spent so much money on counseling. Like I'm kind of a counseling expert with how much money I Stop spend Stop it. Counseling. He's messing with you guys. Yes. Also, um, I know that this is something every podcast says and it's so dumb, but if you want to subscribe and leave us a review, it would be really helpful. Oh we have, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but also we've kind of climbed up in the, uh, in the like search categories. And so your reviews help us to be able to reach other friends. Also, so, if you guys want to send me money for... No, for my, stop! My Venmo, so I can go to Smoothie King and get more smoothies. You don't even have a Venmo! I could get one. <laughs> Listen, I, I was really sick this week, and yesterday I went to Smoothie King He spent King $24. I said, hey, I think Smoothie King double-charged you. Mm-hmm. And he they goes, did. How, mu- he goes, how did. much was it? And I said, $12. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I went twice. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I all I had yesterday was a banana, okay, and then the smoothie king. So, yeah. I just, I mean, you have been so sick. I really it's have been, been sick. ridiculous. He has this like stomach flu thing, and nothing's been solid. It's just been a rough go of it. Can you go into more detail about what you mean? Nope, by solid? nope. You guys, <laughs> you all know what I mean. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. This is laugh so you don't cry. 